it takes to move a mountain, that it takes to keep from drowning, to know all these demons surrounding, more than any number I've counted, I find God. Welcome into Cut the Nets. I'm your host, Chuck Ryan, alongside my good friend and our producer, David Kuntz, and our newest friend, Zach Berman. Zach, uh, I know there's been it's warming up this weekend. Actually, we're going to play softball after this. Should be fun with some of our uh, friends. But despite this warm weather, it's been a cold week for Mizzou fans in terms of sports. And that coldness came from those NCAA um, restrictions or scandals, allegations, whatever you want to call it. There's a whole lot to talk about with this, and there's so many different sides you can take. But I think the long story short, if you're going to look at it any other way, the punishment does not fit the crime. I don't understand how... Let's not talk about that yet. Let's just, let's state the facts of what we know. What we know was there is a tutor that worked for the school back in 2015, 2016, went by the name of Yolanda Kumar, and 12 athletes got involved with her, and there were, there were some cheating scandals and some rumors that came out of it, and she ended up going rogue, more or less, and reporting it to the school and then to the NCAA. And these investigations started a little bit more than a year ago, I think. I think right after I committed to come here, the news sort of came out. I didn't make much of it, but I knew what was going on. And then it was a chilly Thursday morning after the coldest day here in a generation. And I was just sitting on the couch over there talking about Bryce Harper. And all of a sudden my phone goes off and it says postseason ban next year for football, this year for baseball, softball, communications restrictions, recruiting restrictions, budget cuts, scholarship restrictions. Scholarship restrictions. But here's the thing. There are a few silver linings. So since um, the baseball team is playing right now, their suspension would be right now. But since Jim Sterk and the athletic department at University of Missouri decided to appeal the suspension, there is a chance that they can still play in postseason play in the NCAA tournament, the SEC tournament, what have you, later on in the season down down the line in late May, June. So there's still a chance that the baseball program and the softball program can play in postseason baseball, softball. Well, on top of that, Jim Sterk said, and Dave Matter, of course, reported that these appeals could take up to six months, which could rub up right against football season. But let's get to the good news first here. The good news is Kelly Bryant is not leaving. Yeah, you said football, and I was about to say Kelly Bryant um, is not leaving. Per Alex Schiffer, the KC Star um, Mizzou Athletics beat writer, he tweeted um, on Thursday when all of this stuff sort of broke out that he had spoken with Kelly Bryant's quarterback coach, and he said Kelly plans to play his 12 games at Mizzou and do his best to go undefeated and work from there. I don't know about you, but when I saw these allegations, the first thing I thought was Kelly Bryant. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. First thing I thought, because then it also said that they'll uh, seniors are eligible to transfer without having to wait out a year, and I was like, oh, well, gosh. The good news is none of the seniors we think are going to transfer. And can I, I read the statement from Barry Odom that he put out Thursday afternoon? And this is just a generalization of what the athletic department is doing to respond. But I really like the take that Barry Odom is going with this. As he says, I wholeheartedly echo the comments stated so well by both Chancellor Cartwright and Athletic Director Jim Sterk. The committee's decision is completely unjust and unfair to our team, to our staff, and to our alumni. I am very grateful for the clear, decisive, and unified leadership we have here at Mizzou, and I am looking forward to doing whatever I can to assist with the appeals process. To together, we will fight for this great institution, and I will damn sure fight for my team. If that doesn't make you want to run through a wall, I don't know what does. Yeah, Barry Odom is—he's an inspirational coach for sure. I think that. I mean, I mean, this is kind of a bit of a sidetrack. I don't think he's great as like a football like strategic mind, but I think he inspires everyone, and he's good for the athletic department. He's a good face for the football team, in my opinion. He's a likable guy. He's yeah. Good. And I've thought about this for overnight, and you know, Mizzou, fan, the Missouri fan base has always been very sort of divided, and a lot of things have happened over that the course of this past decade from moving to the SEC, to the protests, and maybe it's something like this to unify the fan base. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's a season where they go 12-0 and and they can't make the playoffs, but it's just like Mizzou fans will be able to hold on to that and maybe like claim their national title like the UCF fans did a couple years ago. Or you can just be like, our team fought in the face of adversity and didn't care. I mean, they yeah. still ball out. They still and that would be still reason to celebrate. Yeah, you know, fans got to show up, though. That's a big part of that. Mm-hmm. With that newly designed and renovated south end of the end zone. <laughs> hey, it looks pretty good. It's coming along pretty well. Yeah, it's a lot of money. <laughs> That's a different gripe. But uh, elsewhere within this whole NCAA investigation, if you look around the country where other schools have been investigated, let's say just couple hundred miles down west on I-70 in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, Silvio de, de Souza, or is it de Sosa? De Souza. I, I think de it's Sousa. de Souza, yeah. So, yeah, Silvio de Souza is uh, suspended right now, and he's ineligible, so it's probably almost 100% guaranteed that he won't play another game in a Kansas uniform again. But what I don't understand is how do they come come down on de Souza when we know Zion Williamson basically did the same thing? Or... How do they not come down on Kansas's program as a whole? Because we know that they have the recording of Bill of Bill Self saying that he will pay D'Souza. We have recordings on Arizona too. Yeah, but how does that not warrant a postseason play suspension and somehow a tutor? Well, I think it's... the difference in this whole thing is that Mizzou has a actual person going in making allegations, and there's a little bit of. I mean, a lot of credibility to it. This You can obviously prove that you were a former tutor of these players. However, I mean, I think just the fact that you concretely know that someone's making these allegations and they're making it public is a lot more, like, condemning of the program than things are happening behind closed doors. Yet, I find it scary, and I think it's a little bit of the NCAA making an example out of a team like Mizzou that... They're not a pushover of a name. They're a big enough name where there's going to be some outrage and a big response about it. But at the same time, they're not a big enough name where they're going to lose revenue if they exactly. did say UNC or Duke or Alabama, Kansas even. 
Yeah, I mean, Kansas. Ba- if Kansas basketball got shut down for an entire season at any time, or not not the entire program, but if they lost their eligibility for anything, then that would be horrible for the industry of the NCAA. I mean, we've already seen it happen once with Penn State, who's a very big name in football, and they got about as close to the death penalty as the NCAA will give since SMU for a situation that we can all have our different opinions on. But that was a big hit for the Big Ten. And I don't, of course, Mizzou's impact on the SEC is not as big as Penn State's impact in the Big Ten, Mm -hmm. but there's still a big enough program where this is going to inspire other major programs don't work with the NCAA. Don't. Yeah. Or the situation at Michigan State. That Baylor. You mentioned earlier, Baylor, you know? Yeah, it just, it just seems so egregious. Like, we're, we're naming all of these other teams. I mean, even Baylor, I would say, is not more or less consequential than Mizzou when it comes to football, you know? But they're, I would say, what they got in trouble for was 30 to 40 times worse, if you can even measure it. Then yeah, I don't even what think you can measure is it. being yeah you know charged with. As my own dad said, this is getting a getting the getting a sentence for murder for a speeding ticket. Yeah, I mean I think I wouldn't say it's a murder sentence. It's probably yeah. like a manslaughter sentence. Manslaughter, <laughs> you know, twenty five year minimum yeah. sentence. But within I, football terms, I I want to sympathize a little bit with the NCAA because I want to say, I just I just don't feel like it's happening to other schools. And it seems weird that Mizzou should be penalized for something that's very obviously happening at different organizations. Because, I, I mean, no one supports academic dishonesty. No one's like, yeah, I think that NCAA students should just have their tutors do all their work for them. No one's implying that. I just think when you compare what Mizzou is being indicted for in this situation, I suppose, to other bigger programs that have more notoriety, the, the penalty is going to be much worse because they have the ability to do that. They do have the ability to do that. You're right, David. But like I said earlier, Jim Sterk said they're going to appeal. So Not only did he say they fight. were going to appeal, yeah, he said gonna they fight. were going to appeal and they were going to win the appeal. So things are still looking positive here for Missouri fans here in Columbia. Don't get too upset about this. Obviously, um, us included, we were everyone was shocked here on campus. Everyone at KCOU Sports was. But it looks like Missouri will be able to fight through this and they will definitely see better days. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into some Super Bowl predictions, Super Bowl talk. Can Brady be the first player to win six rings and cement himself as the greatest football player of all time? Or will Sean McVay take the throne from Belichick as best coach in the league? Don't go anywhere. here on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM online. From Coppage to break the plane of the pylon. I'm Corbett Koslack. And I'm Daniel Virag. Breaking the Plane is back for a second season. All the analysis and in-depth looks at the NFL, NCAA, and football from across the country. 58! Blue 58! Go! Breaking the Plane, Saturday mornings, 11 to noon, all throughout football season on KCOU 88.1 FM and online at kcou.fm. Do you like helping people? Do you think that sexual health education is important at Mizzou? Do you want to grow as an individual? Yeah, Lisa, that's definitely me. You need to apply to Sexual Health Advocate Peer Education, SHAPE. SHAPE is saving the world one barrier method at a time. 
They're pure educators, give presentations all over campus in the Columbia area on topics ranging from abstinence and healthy relationships to anatomy, STIs, and barrier methods. How do I apply? Just Google Shape Mizzou. You can go to studenthealth.missouri.edu and apply online. Wow, thank you so much, Lisa. I want to be a shape here. On Wednesday, February 13th, KCOU presents Lucy Dacus at Rose Music Hall with Rafco and Illuminati Hotties. Doors are at 7.30 and the show is at 8.30 p.m. Advanced tickets are available now at rosemusichall.com. I think Kid A is probably their best single album. Uh, but my favorite individual song is Life in a Glass House, the perfect uh, mixture of harmony and chaos. Ken Bone, Radio Man, KCOU. If you don't stop your friend from drinking and driving, you're as good as dead. Drinking and driving can kill. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your Sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Hello, this is Pierce Porterfield, and you're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM. The sound of confusion. And I'm dead. Enjoy your listen. And we're back here on Cut the Nets on KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm Ch- Chuck Ryan here alongside David Kuntz and our newest friend, Zach Berman. Newest friend. Newest friend, Zach. Your second week with the show. How you feeling, man? You starting to make yourself at home here in the studio with us? No, it's... it's yeah, absolutely. But, of course, it helps that, like, this has been, like, the craziest week in Mizzou sports... Well, I'll tell you what, ages. we'll talk about this a little bit later on in the show, but for a Dallas-Mizzou person, this was, in fact, the craziest week in sports. You know I'm from New York, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not a Knicks fan, but... I mean, I guess we have we have two parties involved in a very important NBA trade. But before we get into the NBA... We gotta talk about a more we pressing We gotta talk issue. about a more pressing issue and a more, uh, let's say... What's the word I'm looking for here, David? Super. It's tomorrow. More timely. Timely. There we go. More timely topic. That's a journalistic quality. That is a journalistic quality. Look at David using those 1,100 American principles <laughs> of journalism in our show. <laughs> do you hear that, J-School? Yeah, you make beautiful products. <laughs> no, you really do. Oh. Yeah, no, it's a good school. Anyway, uh, more continuing football. our conversation, Super Bowl 53. This Sunday, live from Atlanta. The first one they've had in Atlanta in that super in that giant new Mercedes uh, dome that looks like a spaceship. Gorgeous stadium. Yeah, I've never. Have you seen it? I've like been outside it. I haven't been in it. Yeah, I haven't been in it, but really, I've, I've driven by really it. It's pretty cool. Beautiful. Yeah, it's the premier football stadium now. I mean, Minnesota. Minnesota. Set the stage. I think I think I like Atlanta's more. 
I think Minnesota had it for like one second, and then it became Atlanta's again. Premier football stadium? Uh... I mean, I guess they have like literal casinos inside the Vikings stadium. Yeah, no. Also, from like a strictly like fan experience standpoint, I still think Arrowhead's the best in the league. But that's no just way. Me. Arrowhead's so old. Have you so been, many people have talk you been to the Cowboys stadium? We're going to have to change that. We will. Yeah. We will. But back to the Super Bowl. So, Tom Brady's here again. Four out of the last five years. Reporter Ugh. asked him on Tuesday during Super Bowl media day. So, Tom, if you win it, if you win this one, you get six. You have the most rings of any player of all time. Are you going to retire? And he said no. And he said no. Not he a said chance. it very matter-of-factly. Not a chance. He wants Which, to do this forever. He wants to do it forever. He <laughs> does. And everyone else in the AFC just sort of cowers in fear at that statement. And that O-line has not given up a sack in the playoffs. Mainly because both teams have played zone that he, they've played, but also that O-line is really damn good. Yeah, Shaq Mason is, yeah. I, I think, probably the best run-blocking guard right now. I mean, they the power run scheme of the Patriots, which works pretty well against and zone a lot of the time, the destroys th- teams. Three-headed backfield. Yeah. You, know, you got Rex Burkhead who comes in in goal line situations. <laughs> Rex Burkhead. Gotta love Rex Burkhead. Obviously, Sony Michelle and then James White, too, are, who are both very a lot of people, I underrated like backs. Really discounting Sonny Michelle's role on this team. The last time the Patriots had like a clear lead back was Lawrence Maroney, and that was 07, 08. Yeah. I mean, Bill Belichick, did he trade up for this? Uh, he traded up for 23, and Isaiah Wynn got hurt. But oh yeah, he had the thirty-one spot because they lost the Super Bowl last year. Gotcha. Well, still, I mean, Belichick being willing to spend a top-round pick on a running back means he saw something. I mean, exactly. And Shoney Massell, I yeah, I agree. He's been like a huge part of this offense. He is a don't, consistent three-down back. Don't sleep on my man's James White though. James White is so important to their offense. I think he's. I mean, it's a great change of pace from Sony Michelle. Shoney Michelle's way more north-south. Yeah, but. Yeah, getting James White in there for, like, pass pro and also for, like, you know, quick stuff out of the backfield. It's the reason they beat Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just unstoppable. I just don't know but how. But moving over to the other side of the ball. So, Zach, before we came back uh, into this segment while we were on break, you said, well, the only way that the Giants and the Eagles were able to beat Brady is you got to rush the passer. And obviously, if we knew if we know that, Sean McVay definitely knows that. Remember, Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips definitely knows that, He's too. already beaten New England with... Uh, pass rush heavy defense in Denver twice. Yes. And neither of those teams had Aaron Donald. Neither of those teams had Aaron Donald. Or Nadama Kinsir. I mean, they had Von Miller. Von Miller is pretty. And Elvis Dumerville. Was it Elvis Dumerville? Or Dum- uh, Demarcus Ware. Demarcus yeah. Ware. I think they had Dumerville yeah. too. Dum- Dumerville was, was earlier. Then he went to the Ravens. That's right. I thought he started on the Ravens and then went to the Broncos. Vice versa, I'm pretty sure. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. So. <sighs> How do you beat the juggernaut? How do you? It starts, I think, with that pass rush. And LA's defense has had their ups and downs. This pl- this playoff run, they've been really good. I mean, say all you want about what happened in New Orleans, but they really turned the heat up on Drew Brees when it mattered most, and they forced an interception in overtime that sealed the game. I think that the Rams' defense does a really good job controlling the line of scrimmage. I think their their weakness <laughs> is their secondary. Which is, you know, which I, is kind of ironic because coming into the season, everyone was hyping up their secondary when they acquired a keep to leave and Marcus Peters. Well, yeah. Tlaib's been, been good. Yeah. Tlaib's been fantastic. Peters has been a week all year. Yeah. 
But still, the ability for, I mean, Nadama can sue an Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, obviously not the best run stopper, but you pair him with a guy like Sue, who's just such a big body, he can get all of those gaps closed up and really make running difficult. They're going to force Tom Brady to throw down the field because they have pass rush and because they're going to be able to stop the short game run game. Well, Tom Brady's never really been a deep pass sort of guy. I don't think he's yeah. been a deep pass guy since Randy Moss. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, and there's no one on the team that can really play deep now. They have guys who can go across the middle with Gronk and Edelman. And, I mean, maybe their best deep threat is who? Chris Hogan? <laughs> yeah, a guy who played yeah, the cross in college. It might as well be Julian Edelman. All right, anyway, okay, now that. let's turn it over to the other side of the ball. Now, how does Belichick... Because he's the, he's the defensive coach for New England, obviously. Everyone knows that. Like, he's basically the D.C. Makes play calls. Um, how does that defense stop this explosive L.A. Rams offense with Goff, Gurley, C.J. Anderson now, and then all the receivers, Woods? Um, I think the Brent, Rams are going to miss Cooper Brandon Cup Cooks. a lot. Yeah, I think they are too. Well, they've been missing. I mean, I think they'll be fine. They haven't had him for a while. I mean, he's been out since... Uh, I mean, like right around the midway of the season, I think. So it's not too surprising to, you know, to go without him in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, I think they're the Patriots are going to have to stop big plays. Brandon Cooks, of course, he was a Patriot as recently yeah. as last year. So they know how to shut him down. Yeah. They're going to take him out of the game. It's going to be, it's going to be the tight ends for, uh, oh my gosh, for L.A. that are going to be the key to this game. It's Tyler Higby and who's the other guy? Gerald Everett Ger- or something like Gerald that. Gerald Everett. It's yeah. going to be those two guys that are going to be the key to this game because in the past, New England's had some trouble with tight ends in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the, and the Patriots have great guys lined up out wide. Like, Stephon Gilmore is good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Pa- Patrick Chung is one of three players, I believe, on this Patriots team that has been on every Super Bowl, or four out of the last five, as Brady. Is he still on the Gronk. team? I yeah. didn't even know he was still on the team. But tight ends have killed the Patriots in these big games. Like, even the games they won, Travis Kelsey went off last two weeks ago. Antonio Gates went off in the divisional round. Zach Ertz torched him and beat him last year. And Damian Williams Damian did Williams. a pretty decent job against the Patriots as well. So I think that the Rams kind of, I mean, and the Rams run games better than the Chiefs. I mean, they have Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson, who's been absolutely phenomenal for the past three weeks. When you C.J. Anderson, out. who's gonna, who's gonna yeah. predict that? Oh, yeah, you mean, I mean, you know, you mean the guy that, you mean the guy that ran over the Cowboys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot okay. about that. Yeah, thanks, David. Thanks for reminding me. It was a cool game to watch. The, Maybe the Cowboys for you. have such good run defense, though. And it's not that wild. game. This isn't about the Cowboys. They're out. Fine. Yeah, forget it. <laughs> Linehan got fired. Jason Garrett's not going to get extended. That that was also good. That's some other good Dallas news that uh, came about on Thursday. All right, but let's get into these predictions, boys. Who you got? I'm going to take the Patriots. I think it's going to be a very, very close back-and-forth, smash-mouth sort of game. Both teams are going to get their licks in. I see a game that's going to be very similar to the Seattle-New England game a couple of years ago. Hmm. But the key to this game is the man that I share a birthday with. It's Jared Goff. Oh, cool. Yeah, fun fact of the day. But if what day? October fourteenth. But nice. If it's gonna come down to Goff, Goff is Goff is that guy that I feel like he's gonna have the ball in his hand when this game is coming to a close. Yeah. And you don't think he, Brady's gonna have the ball in his hands? I think it's gonna be complete. I, I think Brady's going to go down the field, and it's going to be Goff. 
See, I think that... I mean, that's just speculation. Like, we don't know. No, that's <laughs> total know? speculation. But can Goff go round for round with Tom Brady? I, that's why I would pick the Patriots, too. Because yeah. in, in my mind, I'm, I see the Rams as it's, it's another quick strike offense, and Bill Belichick's going to grind that clock down. He's never going to put himself in a situation where um, he's really going to have... Or he's not going to have the ball for the last possession of the game. Like, that's classic Belichick. You do not give the team another chance. If you do give him a chance, give him like a minute 30 with one timeout. And I don't see Goff being able to score against a Belichick coach defense within that time. I don't think the Rams can do it. Well, what was the last Super Bowl that the uh, that the Patriots have lost that came down to an opposing quarterback going down the field? It would have to be the Giants. Yeah. And even then, the Patriots got the ball back after. Yeah, and that's miraculous that they didn't score. I mean, the Giants had a great defense. That was the reason they were there in the well, first that, place. Well, that second Super Bowl when the, when Gronkowski was hurt and the Hail Mary went right through his hands. Yeah. That still gives me, like, nightmares, like that whole <laughs> what-if scenario. What if Gronk was healthy and caught that? What? Ooh. So well, you don't have to worry about it. Don't have to worry about it. So both of you guys picked the Patriots? I'm going with the Pats because also I don't want to be the guy who bets against the Patriots. See, that's the thing. I bet my, against them last year. My thing is, my thing is that Smart. I don't think it's possible to where the NFL allows Tom Brady to lose two Super Bowls in a row. I just yeah. don't see it happening. <laughs> well, like not so, that the NFL won't allow it. Tom Brady himself yeah, exactly. won't will it. Tom, Tom Brady himself, Bill Belichick himself, and the NFL as an organization will not allow them to lose this game. Yeah. Like, they're not going to lose the Super Bowl two years in a row. But since you guys both picked the Patriots, I guess I got to pick the Rams. So how Let's go we're... Aaron Donald. I mean, I'm rooting for the Rams for sure. This is this is for the final I, picks of the year. I'm final not a big Kroenke guy, so go Pats. Really? Oh, no. Just because yeah. you dislike I... the owner that much? I mean, I don't mess with Robert Kraft very much. Kraft is a good guy. He really gives up. He gives back a lot to the community. Actually, he does. He makes so much money though. Like, you, did you know? He owns Kraft. Man, Kraft is one of like the fun biggest fact six of the owners. day. Number two, Robert Kraft actually owns like ninety nine percent of the city of Foxborough. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like, owns like that the property? Oh, okay. yes. That's like almost the entirety of the city of Foxborough. Well, is we Robert talked Kraft a little property. football. We also learned a little bit about Robert Kraft's uh, <laughs> real estate real estate ventures. portfolio. <laughs> real estate portfolio. Uh, we're gonna take another quick break here on Cut the Nets. Chuck Ryan, David Kuntz here alongside our new friend Zach Berman. Uh, when we get back, we're gonna into some NBA discussion. Actually, a lot of news generated this week with the NBA. Anthony Davis finally making his trade request. Also, big trade between the Knicks and my Dallas Mavericks. We'll get into that when we get back. Don't go anywhere, folks. You're on KCOU 88.1 and KCOU.FM. If you like Mizzou athletics, then you're going to love Salute Your Sports. From Mizzou softball to soccer to football and basketball, we cover everything Tigers. Join Chris Mitchell, James Stanley, and myself, Matthew Terry, every Wednesday from 4 to 5 in the afternoon on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia and online at KCOU.FM. Also, be sure to follow Salute Your Sports on Twitter at, again, KCOU Sports. We hope to see you there. graduated from Red Cross classes. One of them could save your life. 
join them. KCOU would like to thank B&B Bagel for their support. Located at 124 East Nifong Boulevard, B&B Bagel offers affordable made-from-scratch bagels, sandwiches, pastries, and more. Need an event catered? Call B&B Bagel today and they will take care of you and your event. For more information, visit their website, bbbagel.com, or find them on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you, B&B Bagel, for your support of KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM and KCOU Sports, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Listen to the cast every Monday at 4 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia and streaming worldwide on KCOU.FM. We're talking Mizzou football, Mizzou basketball, and all things sports. If you want sports, you'll find it every Monday at 4 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM. It's the cast, the Colton Anderson Sports Talk with David Coons on KCOU. You're listening to KCOU Columbia. Music for your mind, not your money. Tell me something good. Mizzou Softball and Baseball on KCOU is brought to you by B&B Bagel. B&B Bagel offers some of the best breakfast in Columbia and is conveniently located a few minutes off campus at 124 East Nifong Boulevard. For their hours and more information, visit their website, bbbagel.com, or call them at 573-442-5857. For updates on their hours and specials, follow them on Facebook and Twitter as well. KCOU would like to thank B&B Bagel for their continued support of KCOU Sports and Student Radio. Young people from all walks of life have volunteered to take part in a frightening experiment. They are allowing their brains to be altered. Altered to induce paranoia, heart malfunction, memory loss, even early senility. Unfortunately, this is not an experiment. It's what slowly happens to you when you keep smoking pot. No one has to alter your brain. You've already volunteered to do it to yourself. Boy, don't lie. <laughs> Straight up, give it to us. Ball don't lie, and neither do we. Catch Ball Don't Lie every Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCOU 88.1. With me, Anthony Dean, Derek McKinney, and Connor McKinn. Uh, Wallace picks up two quick tackles. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. I think Kid A is probably their best single album. Uh, but my favorite individual song is Life in a Glass House, the perfect uh, mixture of harmony and chaos. Ken Bone, Radiohead, KCOU, Welcome back to Cut the Nets here on KCOU Sports Saturday, brought to you by KCOU Sports here at 
in the KCOU studios for KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM online. You think I could say KCOU another time in a sentence, David? I don't think so. I think that's the maximum you can, like, professionally allow. I think it's, I think I would be in some trouble if I said it again, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know what the implications would be, but. It is a possibility. Yeah, I guess. How good of a possibility? Probably low. We're, we're, we're obviously joking. Zachary. Come on, Zachary. Oh, do don't call me that. Do I have to start calling you Zachary? Okay. New, new friend Zach. <laughs> My new... F- Our new friend Zachary Berman. <laughs> anyway, we got some right, basketball. Anyway, yeah, moving into the NBA. Big trade between uh, two franchises who live in me and Zachary Berman's two home cities. I'll, Come I'll on. call you Zach. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just had to do it one more time. Uh, so... Kristaps Porzingis, Courtney Lee, and my second favorite part of this trade, Tim Hardaway Jr. Good part. All a lot of money to the though. Mavs. Yeah, they're all in expirings. But uh, they go to the Mavs, and then the Mavs get Dennis Smith Jr., Wesley Matthews, a future first-round pick, and also DeAndre um, Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. But and- they are they're going to waive Wesley Matthews for sure, possibly DeAndre Jordan. Well, you just know what? Just to this have is even more cap to. space. This is leading up to the Knicks going on a free agent binge this summer. Yeah, and, and then they're going to end up signing, like, Tobias Harris. Maybe Kemba Walker. Yeah. That would be a good sign. He's from he's from Brooklyn, yeah? So, <laughs> I've read a lot up on this, and the best comparison I've been given was comparing the Knicks to the Fire Festival. Now, why? <laughs> the Knicks are promising that they're going to sign all these crazy free agents, and if you're KD, if you're Kyrie Irving, if you're even Kemba Walker— why would you want to go from relatively stable to championship organizations to James Dolan's Kimba little Walker. project? Kimba Walker in a stable championship Actually, organization. Actually, I take that back. Yeah. But the other two, why would you want to go from the Warriors or the Celtics? The, re- the only way that Kevin Durant will go to the Knicks is if, if the Knicks hire Rich Kleinman in their front office. If he is hired in their front office, Kevin Durant will be a New York Nick. I don't trust the Knicks to make a smart decision. Exactly. If they make that <laughs> smart hire, that could change the fate of their franchise, and they could win a championship. Heck, they could, <laughs> the Knicks winning a championship. They could even get. They could get. They could get. They could get, they could get KD, Anthony Davis, and Kyrie. They yeah, could. They I have can, room for two supermaxes right now. If yeah. They yeah, trade, and I can, and I can they walk trade down to the convenience Zion? store and get a Mega Millions ticket and become the first lo- the first uh, millionaire of the University of Missouri. You could. Yeah, I could. That's not saying it's going to happen. I mean, it's yeah. We're betting on the Knicks making a lot of right decisions, but I want to know. Uh, I mean, how do you guys? How would you grade this trade? Are you both satisfied with the results? I, I think would say for the Mavs, it's an A. I think it's oh, okay for both teams. I think honestly, if the Knicks don't think they're going to win, and they're going to have to continue to wait for Kevin or <laughs> Kevin, if they're going to have to con- continue waiting for Kristaps Porzingis, then they might as well get rid of him and try to free up some room for a free agent because that's going to be faster and more convenient. And they're going to be bad. They're going to have draft picks to build around that now. Yeah, they. But the Mavs already have Zion a future race. with Doncic. And now the Mavs have arguably one of the best or most interesting, most talented young duos yeah. in the NBA. Definitely the most talented young European duo he, in the league. But that's also betting on Kristaps staying yeah, healthy. Yeah, that's betting on him coming back and not being awful. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's just an ACL tear that happens all the time now. Athletes. I, I think that athletes almost always come back from their ACL tears. Oh, but D-Rose never came back the same. But D-Rose had, has a completely different skill set from Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah. Porzingis is like a pick-and-pop guy, which is going to work perfectly with Doncic. They've both been playing competitive EuroLeague ball. 
which, you know, if you have top-level talent, some of that can translate to the NBA. I'm, so they're going to be able to do that stuff in-game, and it's going to be efficient, in my and opinion. And Tim Hardaway fits in perfectly no, as a two-yard next to Luka. Luka, just, Luka can finally play the point. Yeah. I'm just, like, so into the Knicks side of things. Like, this could go so right for them. Yeah. This could go so, 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 like, they are risking losing their fan base. I mean, they basically traded away... I mean, all of the players they got in this trade are Watch salary that. dumps, more or less. Yeah, because Hardaway's on an expiring deal. Yeah. So he's likely not on the maps next year. Hopefully we can re-sign him, though. Well, and with the Knicks, too, like, they're not going to want to keep DeAndre Jordan for no, a long time. Pr- they might waive him right now just to clear up all that cap right away. Yeah, I mean, how many years did he get on his contract? Just, he signed a one-year $24 just one million year. Dallas. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's expiring. And then also, Wesley Matthews, they're going to cut him. And then they have two first-round picks, I'm pretty sure. One yep. that's protected in the top five, and I think that's next year's. And then this one that's unprotected, or is it the year after that that's unprotected? I don't know, man. Just because I'm from New York, that doesn't mean I'm a Knicks fan. I don't need that much torture in my life, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's half-decent, though. I mean, if especially— Maybe. these This draft, this this 2019 NBA draft, is it's going Zion to be so Barrett, good. And then everybody else. I mean, but even Cam Reddish is good. Cam Reddish is really good, And what's good that too? one guy who's from uh, Murray State? John Tate Porter. Uh, John Morant. <laughs> John Morant. Yeah, he's he's moving his way up a lot of people's draft boards. I mean, there's just a lot of talents that you can just see are going to be exciting NBA players at the least. And I think that's a good thing to wager on if you're the Knicks. Like, you're no, going to be bad. <laughs> Yeah, but for the Mavericks, uh, there was a statement released from Mark Cuban. He said Porzingis will not be playing this year. They're going to be conservative. But uh, there's almost a 99% chance that he's going to sign his extension with Dallas. So he will be in Dallas. Yeah, it's a good it's Dallas a good is only five, like, five games out of the playoffs. Right? Yeah. If Porzingis played now, they could. You guys aren't making the playoffs. We well, yeah. The West is too good. Speaking of the West, we got a team who is, I mean, so in the West, pretty much everyone's competitive up to the Grizzlies or the Pelicans, depending who you ask. The Grizzlies are still trying a bit too hard. The Grizzlies should be tanking. The Grizzlies should be tanking. And they should have traded Michael or Mike Conley. Yeah, yeah. and Mark Gasol to Ricky for Ricky Rubio. Both of those guys should be off their team, and they should be getting a young core to build around Jaron Jackson, who's been a, a decent surprise for them this season. They've lost nine out of their last ten, so they're kind of moving in the right direction, if you want to phrase it that way. Now, hey, but they still need to do more. I mean. I'm not complaining. Portland's four and a half back from the top spot. This is, once again, another great coaching job by Terry Stott. Terry Stott's always gets Portland right in the middle of the pack. But do you think any of that's going to translate into the second round of the playoffs? Because Portland, in my opinion, is not a team that's moving past the second round. With what's gone on in the NBA, I don't know who could wind up in Portland at the deadline. Because this might be their best and last chance with this core. Yeah, I mean, Dame has, uh, I mean, there was already reports, I think, of him looking looking around, shopping at other teams, uh, if I'm not mistaken, earlier on this year. Yeah, but that was when the Blazers were, like, not looking good, and now... Now they're looking good again. Now they're looking good again. Still so. confident he'll stay, though. But I, I think that kind of presses the urgency that you need to do something now. Maybe Mike Conley or Gasol, one of those guys, ends up in Portland. Who knows? Mike Gasol. Conley? Gasol would be... I think good. Conley uh, maybe. Gasol has not been playing well lately, guys. 
He's getting like 10 and 8 a night, which is like, how does Nurkic is playing better than Gasol? Yeah, but you put him behind Nurkic, or even you play maybe Marcus Saul at the, the four, and you have, I mean, just another very skilled player. And Marcus Saul probably doesn't have the mobility. I mean, I might, I'd prefer Alfaru Aminu if I were a Blazers guy, just because he can guard four positions. But, I mean, there's ways you could fit Marcus Gasol into this roster, and it could, could go all right. I yep. don't think he'll end up in Portland, though. I don't either. Well, here are a couple names that I think could end up in Portland. I think Aaron Gordon's a possibility. That would that would be a that would be a crazy. Who would they get rid of? I mean, they don't have any. They other could get capital. rid of someone like who McConnell? Evan Turner, Harkless. Do people care about Evan? I mean, why would the Magic want Evan Turner? McCollum, McCollum, maybe you'd have to get rid of McCollum at the at the least. Otto and Porter is a possibility. It. Jabari Parker is even a possibility. Oh, you don't want, you don't Jabari, want Jabari Parker. Parker. You do not want Jabari Parker. All right, so let's get back to the recent news um, within the NBA community in terms of free agency trades. Anthony Davis has finally requested his trade from the Pelicans. So funny story, my roommate is a Pelicans fan for whatever reason. He's from St. Louis. (laughs) He's from St. Louis, so he doesn't have a team. He just decided to be a Pelicans fan because he really likes AD, which makes sense. AD is one of the most fun players to watch in the league. Anyway, I get a Snapchat from him like, 7.30 7.30 in the morning before my 8 a.m. last Tuesday. And he's like, AD requested he's out. And like, <sighs> that's how I found out, even before Twitter. Like, I, I, he texted me that or he snapped me that, and then I checked Twitter. So he beat it, he beat it before Twitter. He beat Twitter. Like, he, beat the, he beat Twitter. He beat the scoop. That's pretty impressive. It's man. pretty impressive, yeah. I mean, I don't really I, – I just have no clue what the Pelicans are going to do. They bet on, on Boogie well, maybe staying – yeah, and now Anthony Davis dumb. is gone. You don't they have. Need, they need to take the trade from the Lakers, yeah. I think. But here's the thing: they've spoken with other organizations probably, and they're probably telling them don't send them to the Lakers because the Lakers will be the best team in the West again. I'm fine. They with want that. to send them east too. I think they want to send them east. Maybe I mean, Toronto, but not Boston. As we yeah, saw, Anthony Davis's dad made a. a I don't know, a statement, I guess. He made a comment about how he does not want his son to go to Boston. Um, kind of mentioned part of his rationale was because of what they did to Isaiah Thomas after his uh, sister died, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't want him to be stuck in a Danny Ainge, very pragmatic, industrious organization like Boston. <laughs> nice vocab there, David. I like the vernacular. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's either L.A. and he said... If I don't get traded to LA, I'm going to go there in 2020. So if you are another organization besides the Lakers somewhere out there in the NBA, say Toronto, they could offer up what? Pascal Siakam, Danny Green, who else? I mean, Serge Ibaka, maybe a couple picks for Anthony Davis. Is that worth it? Davis and Kawhi? I I don't take that trade, I guess, if I am the Pelicans. Because you can get more from Boston more. or more from You can get LA. more from a team that's not good right now. Like you can trade Anthony Davis to a team that's, you know, kind of on the verge of being done with their rebuild, get some some nice young players you can develop, be bad for Such a season, who? get some picks. I don't know. Like, I don't think the, Boston? the Kings no, would not do Boston, it. Chicago? Uh, I don't think Chicago maybe has the possibility to do that. A team middle like middle more on the cusp. Like oh. I don't know, like the the Timberwolves or something. I don't think that they can make that trade. Like I really don't even know. There's like very few teams that I feel like can make this move. Like if the Clippers got Anthony Davis, that'd be so cool. <laughs> won't happen. But yeah, it won't happen. Like maybe Clippers never get nice things. 
one of the most cursed franchises in all of sports. <laughs> like the University of Missouri. <laughs> the elsewhere, had some exciting teams. Elsewhere, though, in the latest NBA um, free agency news, Kyrie said originally on, what, sometime in October, November, this past year in 2018, that he wanted to stay in Boston. He's like, I want my, my jersey up in these rafters one day here at the Garden, and I want to sign my extension. Well, someone asked him that again after this whole Anthony Davis trade request news broke, and he said that, ask me again on July 1st. I'm just focused on this season right now. Yeah. That's not a good-sounding sentence for Celtics For Boston, fans. yeah. I, Ooh, you yeah. don't want to hear that. It's a very, very political response by Kyrie Irving. I mean, he is getting leverage right now is what he's doing. It's working. Do you think? Do you guys see Kyrie moving, though? I honestly think Depends he'll stay. Depends on what, ha- what happens in this season. Let's say the Celtics get bounced in the second round. He might go to New York. New York gets the first pick, play with Zion, and then they get KD. <laughs> no, KD, Zion, and Kyrie. Kyrie in New York? That would be That would be unreal. That would be unreal. Only thing more unreal than that would be the ticket prices of the Garden. <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. I mean, that would be it. The most exciting hypothetical New York Knicks team probably since like oh, the yeah, 70s. Kevin Knox. You all know the last uh, New York, the last free agent that signed in New York? That was like a big deal? Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking way earlier than that. I totally forgot about Stoudemire. Stoudemire, Stoudemire just kind of panned out. Yeah, he punched a fire extinguisher. Yeah, he fanned out <laughs> while he was in New York. He was an all-star though. A starter his first year there. It's true. But that's what it, I mean, if they can keep that pick and somehow get the worst record and have the best, well, the tanking system is different this year, right? So it's the worst three teams have the same odds. I don't know. Correct. I really honestly did not know about that. I think Knicks fans will riot if they don't get the first pick or whatever's left of them. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever's left is right. Well, they still have a few more games to lose. Yep. I mean, the Suns are, the Suns and the Cavs are right head and head. Well, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll get into some Missouri Tigers basketball as the men's team takes on Vanderbilt here at Mizzou Arena today. We'll recap that game that David and I had the opportunity to call last week um, between LSU and Missouri, so don't go anywhere here on Cut the Nets, KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM online. KCOU would like to thank B&B Bagel for their support. Located at 124 East Nifong Boulevard, B&B Bagel offers affordable made-from-scratch bagels, sandwiches, pastries, and more. Need an event catered? Call B&B Bagel today and they will take care of you and your event. For more information, visit their website, bbbagel.com, or find them on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you, B&B Bagel, for your support of KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM and KCOU Sports, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. If you don't stop your friend from drinking and driving, you're as good as dead. Drinking and driving can kill. KCOU would like to thank Shakespeare's Pizza for their support. Shakespeare's has three convenient locations at 225 South 9th Street, 3911 Peachtree Drive, and 3304 West Broadway, meaning wherever you are in Columbia, you are never far away from one of Columbia's most renowned restaurants. To check out their full menu, go to shakespeare's.com. 
Thank you, Shakespeare's, for supporting Student Radio. On Wednesday, February 13th, KCOU presents Lucy Dacus at Rose Music Hall with Rafco and Illuminati Hotties. Doors are at 7.30 and the show is at 8.30 p.m. Advanced tickets are available now at rosemusichall.com. McGruff here. The crime dog? Yep. I think I'm going to need your help. I've got an internet bully. Okay, well, what you do is... Maybe you could put a virus on her computer. Or a tracking device. Or a bug. You don't have to do that, all you... Or maybe we could get an attack dog. You ever see those attack dogs that can, like, rip a person's arm off? Seriously. Um, or like a SWAT team. A cyber SWAT team or something. Or like an army. Did you ever see that zombie army movie? We should get a zombie army. Wait, wait, wait. All you need to do to stop an internet bully is delete their messages and never forward them on. So, no no zombies? No zombies. Bummer. Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it, don't forward it. For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. On Sunday, March 3rd at Rose Music Hall, KCOU and JPS Productions presents Elvis Depressly with openers Knights, Cordial Sins, and Tiny Cactus. Tickets are available online at the Rose Music Hall website and at the door. Doors open at 7. And we're back here at the KCOU studios for Cut the Nets. I'm your host, Chuck Ryan, alongside our producer and my good friend, David Kuntz, and our newest member of the show, our new friend, Zach Berman. <laughs> new friend. Uh, new friend, Zach. The new friend period ends uh, after your fourth show. Okay. Just just letting you know. <laughs> it's a quota. So you're halfway there. You are halfway there. Uh, yeah, so recap some Missouri Tiger basketball. David, we were on the call for this one, and... Uh, I was up with yep. you. Everybody yeah, exactly. was here. The whole, the whole Cut the Nets team was there. Zach was reporting for KCOU, gave some great live coverage of a... Uh, one not of so the great uh, not so great games of the year for Missouri Tigers fans as they fell to LSU 86 to 80. Um, LSU obviously with the comeback there late in the second half. David, you want to walk the people through that as we were there? Um, yeah, so Mizzou had a pretty stark advantage there um, with about two minutes left. I think they were up about 15, maybe 14. Um, and then just really collapsed, lots of turnovers. Um, Can't play a press. Yeah, d- don't know how to break the press, like a, sim- a simple, very simple yeah, press. Shouldn't have their uh, walk-on guard throwing the ball in from the press, maybe. Another thing, just my input, but continue. Yeah. Not a horrible idea. Um, 17 turnovers for Mizzou and a lot of fouls. Fouls really dictated a lot of this game. Um, free throws are what sent the game into overtime. Uh, a lot of questionable calls on both sides, really, um, which, you know, happens every game, but felt like this game, it was a little bit more hands-on and the outcome of the game than it should be or is a lot of the time. Uh, really, LSU ended up making the same amount of field goals off of more attempts, so a lower percentage for them, um, but they made three more free throws, and that's really uh, the indicative factor of why they won this game. Also, they started hitting their threes in the second half of the game. Mizzou hit six the whole game, a majority of which came from Jordan Geist, three for seven from the three-point yeah, line. Yeah, Geist had a heck of a night. Yeah, he, he was I mean, really playing he the heroics. He single-handedly took over most of that game. I mean, he got a double-double, 11 rebounds for him, also two steals along with two assists, 25 points. But I'd say he was, uh, I mean, not to his own fault, a bit of the reason why Mizzou lost because there's not another guy who could handle the ball, especially after Xavier Pinson fouled out of the game. Jordan Geist experience. Yeah, you get the Jordan Geist experience sometimes, and it's a... Uh, 
you know. With that, uh, hey, Josh, if you're listening, feel better. <laughs> with that being said, but yeah, um, really, well, I forgot his name, Mays, guard number three um, for uh, LSU, Skyler Mays, really took over. He had Oh, yeah, he had those two threes there late, and then he got the and one, and he little nine-point swing. He hadn't that made was so any clutch. threes prior to that. I mean, he just went. He exploded. Started scoring out the when wazoo he hit that second free. When you hit that second three, like you had like that feeling in the pit of your stomach. You're just like, oh no. Yeah, Mizzou's gonna blow this one. But you know, Tigers lost. Mizzou Tigers lost. I kept on calling them the Tigers. Can't do that. Um, Mizzou lost. Then they got whooped by Auburn uh, a couple nights later. Uh, and then the news it. dropped about the. Football team. So yeah, it's been a rough week for the athletic department as a whole. So real quickly, let's let's preview Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt also not a very good basketball team. I'd say uh, they are nine and eleven. Yeah, that's not good. Spooky. Yeah, and uh, they're playing here at Mizzou, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, for the rally for Ryan game. Yeah. So um, what exactly does that consist of? So I don't know the details fully, uh, Zach Newfriend, but. What I can say is that uh, it's someone that works in the athletic department and their daughter had some form of cancer and they used this game as a way to raise money to pay for her medical bills. So it's a really cool thing. That's actually really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And Mizzou has a chance of winning this game. They're playing someone who is worse than them in the SEC, which, uh, you know, Vanderbilt is the only team um, that is worse than Mizzou <laughs> in the SEC uh, in, in terms of, you know, A&M's pretty those bad. matchups. A&M might be worse as well. Um, A&M is 8-11 on the season, but they are also 1-6 in the SEC. Um, so it should be a pretty decent matchup, you know. Nothing too great about Vanderbilt. If Mizzou doesn't win, uh, it's tank mode. <laughs> that doesn't work in the what NCAA. What do you tank for in college yeah. football or basketball? Oh <laughs> <laughs> it's just tank mode. Got to rebuild, get those young players some minutes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I did, things are looking pretty pedestrian for the Mizzou basketball team this year. Unfortunately, they might be our only hope to see playoff sports in this school. Yep. And while we're talking about playoffs, we're going to revert back to the NFL really quickly. We're talking about who we think deserves some of the NFL's awards this season. We're going to start off with MVP. Zach, who do you have as your NFL MVP for this season? It's got to be Patrick Mahomes. There's no way it isn't Patrick Mahomes. Chuck, are you of the same opinion? Yeah, it's got to be Mahomes, man. David, earlier in the year, I remember you said it was Breeze. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean. Mahomes, man. It was your guy all along. I just didn't trust it. Mahomes just came out way too hot, and it was one of those things that I'd rather be wrong than believe it's, you know, good and, like, psych myself out. So um, I also think it's Patrick Mahomes at this point. I think the only other person maybe you could argue is Breeze, and Breeze's heroics, I don't know. He wasn't really super heroic, I'd say. Just a very, very, very impressive quarterbacking season. Um, broke the accuracy record. Uh, but when he got into the playoffs, he... You know, it didn't seem like he was willing his team to win games as much as Patrick Mahomes throughout the season. We're going to move on. Rookie of the year on the offensive side of the ball. Who do you guys have? Saquon Barkley. I think Barkley is the—I think there's two options here. We have Mayfield or we have Barkley. Mayfield with didn't Barkley. play the whole year. I think that's—yeah, that's the argument against it. If Mayfield led the Browns to, like, an eight-win season or something— or. Like from but he starting broke the game passing one. touchdown record for rookie quarterbacks. He broke Manning and Wilson's record in less games. Saquon dude. Barkley ran for two thousand. Okay, and Saquon won an MVP down the line, but R- Baker had a more impactful rookie. Well, so season. will Baker. I think. I think. Yeah, I don't think that Saquon will win an MVP down the line. I think Baker will have a more illustrious career because that's just 
how the quarterback position works. But I think rookies, rookie running backs, are are way more likely to one make a splash immediately and two win the award for rookie of the year on the offensive side. But let's go to the defensive side really quickly. I also think there's not too many players you can really consider in this. There's Darius Leonard. There's Derwin James. Right? I think it's uh, Leonard. It's Derwin James. I'm going with James, too. I think, Leonard, I, I am more impressed as a whole by the Chargers' turnaround for the defensive unit than I am with the Colts. Um, really, the Colts' defense wasn't all that exceptional. Leonard just got a lot of tackles in a Tampa 2 scheme because teams were attacking the middle of the field. But, I mean, what, what, would, what would your argument against that be? Just those tackles, man. I don't, <laughs> you know, all right. How about comeback player of the year? I'm going to stick with the Colts, and I'm going to say Andrew Luck. I think, yeah. That's the right decision. People didn't know if he was playing football this year. Let alone think anyone uh, else turning back. Well, I, I mean, Derwin James definitely for defensive rookie of the year, just because he played all over the field, man. Like he was yeah. everywhere. He did everything. So I think he's really changing how the game is played from the safety position. He basically played linebacker too. But comeback um, is Luck Lock. You think? Oh yeah, it's got to be. It's definitely Andrew Luck. Yeah, it's locked. I mean, he came back from that shoulder injury. Apparently, in training camp, they were still wondering if he could throw the ball more than twenty yards down the field, and then yeah. he let, let his team to the divisional round. So. Who's the coach of the year? <sighs> this one is hard. <sighs> I think Garrett. It's gonna go to a, a new guy. I think. I, I think honestly, the right choice is probably either Matt Nagy. I yeah, I think it'll be like Nagy or McVeigh or something like that. I think the honest to god right choice is like Andy Reid or. Or Bill Sean. Belichick or Sean Payton. When was the last time Belichick got that award? I don't know. People just don't give it to him because, I mean, it's the Patriots. It's just so not fun to watch at times. It's <laughs> just the most bland, like, milk toast football that there is. Hey, they win. That, I mean, that's the thing, though, and that's what's impressive about it. It's like a very similar formula for such a long time, and they're just the most successful football franchise for 12 years. I think it's going to be Nagy, though. It's Yeah. I'm going with McVay. Yeah. I'm going with. Didn't McVay win it last year? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with McVay too because he got him to the Super Bowl. Why not? And he's still super young. Uh, all right. That about does it for us, though, today here on Cut the Nets. Uh, for Zach Berman. Oh, my bad. For our new friend, Zach Berman. Uh, come on. For my producer and good friend, <laughs> David Kuntz. For myself, Chuck Ryan. For everyone here at KCOU and for our sports director, Josh Neighbors. Everyone, enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday tomorrow. We'll be back next week. Same time as always, 12 to 1 p.m., folks. And don't forget, always shoot your shot.